Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. We are so, so happy you've decided to listen today. We are so, so blessed that you're here. This Wednesday night for our Bible study, we heard from Pastor McLaughlin as he continues his series on the six foundation stones to build on. He focuses on purity and technology in this episode, and it's so powerful and so encouraging. We hope you're blessed today. We're talking about character foundations. We're we're talking about a leadership pipeline. We're talking about how to lead yourself well. And in leading yourself well, there has to be purity. Purity is a character. It's a characteristic of God. And, And when we're closer to the Lord, we become more like Him, which then would imply and mean that we should live a purer life as we grow closer to the Lord. And, and so definitely we proclaim that we believe purity, but truly we know that we believe it when our behaviors support and back that up. And so specifically what we've been focusing on, on this fourth characteristic, or this fourth foundation stone is purity in marriage, purity in dating. And then tonight we will begin and we will embark upon purity and technology. The more that I explore this, the more that I research and study this, when we compile and consolidate all of this information, it's going in an ebook. That ebook then would be distributed to anyone in Calvary that wants to move forward in leadership. And, and so it won't be quite this extensive, but I'm, I'm in a quandary when I'm teaching this because first and foremost, I am a pastor. And, and it's not about writing material as much as it is about being a pastor. And so it may seem a little bit lengthy when I'm teaching it, but I'm going to, if I feel like I need to park somewhere and I need to teach a little bit on something, I'm going to park and I'm going to teach. So any of you that plan on going through the leadership pipeline, you're going, my Lord, this particular chapter is going to be a long chapter. Have no fears or worries. We will condense it. We will condense it. All right. So got other people helping extract certain information so that we can shrink it down. I want to talk to you tonight. I'm going to take a different approach. I will not finish, but I want to talk to you tonight about purity and technology. I want to talk to you about the way we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to talk to you about Psalm 139 and preface the material by what the psalmist said when he said we are skillfully wrought. In the New King James Version, it said we were skillfully wrought. God knows our inward parts. The King James Version says we were curiously wrought. In, it, in other words, when you stop and you think about our inward man, this talking about even your brain, your heart, everything, 
the psalmist said, man, this, I'm curious to know more about this. The New King James says, God was so incredibly skillful with everything he did when he made us inwardly and outwardly. It displays God's skill. Pretty incredible thought. Terrible thought to know that we would violate the skill of his hands with impurity. We were designed to live a pure life in the way that he skillfully wrought us. So to step out of that and intentionally violate the skill of his hands, which includes purity, is it, it mesmerizes me to stop and think, how can a person intentionally say, I am willfully going to violate all of God's wonders that he did when he made me, and I'm going to commit this sin. So, so I'm going to take a different approach. The traditional approach, which I'll mix in some, but the traditional approach to purity and technology is we're going to address television, we're going to address um, movies, we're going to address music, um, we're going to address things of that nature, and rightfully so, rightfully so. We're living in a completely different generation. And so I want to, I'm going to unpack information. So the next two to three lessons will be packed full of information. I'm not trying to inspire you, not trying to get you to your feet. I want to give you as much information. Parents, I want to give you as much information as I can about purity and technology and how social media impacts our purity. And, and some steps that we need to take. So I want to read a scripture, and then let's pray together. Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs 3, 5. Can you quote it? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, but acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he shall direct thy steps. You're going to lead your path. You're going to do it. The psalmist said, I will trust and not fear. He also said, when I am afraid, I will trust thee. So you see these two components of trust and fear. And I want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit and just stay with me, all right? So stay with me because I'm addressing this from being fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm going to talk a little bit about some key definitions that will impact your life and relationship with technology, and that is your brain. Specifically, Three chemicals, dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. Not oxycontin. Oxytocin. And the way that God skillfully made us to bond with him in a very trusting way. And how these chemicals produce this bond of trust. So to trust in anything else to bring you satisfaction violates the relationship of trust that you have with the Lord. So if you trust in pornography, 
to bring you satisfaction more than you trust in the Lord. And you get high chemically in your brain off of pornography. And you don't get addicted to God when you come in the church. Because when you pray, worship, and praise, you'll hear more about this on my preaching Sunday. But, but healing comes through prayer, praise, and worship. If you cannot praise him to the point that you trust him no matter what, that in the middle of your praise and worship, literally chemicals are being released that forms a trusting bond with the Lord that nothing else should produce that trusting bond. So to step outside of that is a violation of relationship with God and you're trusting in something else, technology, more than you are trusting in the mighty hand of God. Oh, we need his presence. That's why we need a move of God. You need a relationship. You need the working of the Holy Ghost because it's the working of the Holy Ghost that you learn to trust. God came through for me when I was going through my pain, my mountain, my valley. And when he came through for me, I learned to trust him. And when I trusted him, there were literally neurotransmitters and chemicals released in my brain to form a trusting relationship. This is exclusive to your relationship with God. This is exclusive to your relationship with your wife. Or husband, this is exclusive to your relationship with your family. This is exclusive with your relationship to your church. That's why one of the passages says, don't be unequally together with unbelievers. You're forming a trusting bond with someone who doesn't even believe like you. You violated biblical principle. But because you're getting high off the chemicals that feel good in the emotional bonding, you're willing to violate this to get this reward. dopamine let's pray together Jesus what a world we're about to walk into <laughs> I feel so inadequate right now Lord there's no way I can do this justice I need you to take my words anoint me because you know I don't know it's just the surface knowledge Help us, Lord. Please convey to us. I don't want to be an idle church that relies on other things to satisfy my world. You're the only one I want, Lord. You're the only one I want, Lord. You skillfully made me to connect to you, to worship you, to be healed by you. Nothing else, Lord, just you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Everyone said in Jesus' name, man, thank you for standing. You may be seated. You recognize these emojis? Man, I recognize these. You know, you're fishing for that. On social media, you're fishing for that. You know, when, when somebody's watching online or if we're traveling and we're not here and we're watching the service online and the preacher makes a good point, what, what starts going up? It's like, man, you're just tapping away and heart after heart after heart after heart's going up. And it's like, hey, look, just heads up. If you're communicating with anyone other than your spouse, probably shouldn't be doing hearts. If a guy's communicating to another guy, don't get in a habit and disassociate yourself with who you're communicating with. It's not cool to send another guy a heart. I was like, 
And I get it, okay? So I get it with social media, and I get it that we kind of we put our thought processes and our brain on hold because now it's just what you're supposed to do, and it's normal to like it. So you're either giving a thumbs up or a smiley face or even a heart. But I will tell you, it kind of gives, this is an old little phrase here, a little cliche, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Y'all, y'all, some of you young ones don't even know what that means. It gives me the heebie-jeebies if another man, and he's all man, there's no, there's no checking the guy's man card, but it's just out of habit. It's like, boom, and I'm looking, and I go, oh, my Lord, he just gave me a heart. Uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> Typically, I don't even respond, and that no response is saying, well, better not send pastor a heart like that anymore. I love you, pastor, but guy sending a guy a heart, and the more I look at it, it's like, man, it's got more of a shade of pink than red on it, too. Like, something's wrong with this little picture. A world of communication is going on in that little heart. You know, we, we get this rush. Man, you get all these likes. You post something, and it's like hit after hit after hit after hit after hit of dopamine. It's like line after line after line after line of cocaine. Same, same release of chemicals. Not as much, not to the degree of, but same chemical release. And so we go back and we get addicted to how many likes we got. But when we don't get as many likes, when we thought we should have gotten likes, because you know, I mean, that outfit that you have on, it's just awesome. Nobody else in the world has it. And when you take a picture and your hair is just right and you put your face just right. Always put the camera up here. So it makes, well, man, I'm going to get 150 likes on this. No, man, you know what you're doing? Addiction, addiction, dopamine, 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 release, release, release. Nobody's even liked it yet. And you're sitting there having a conversation with someone, talking, talking, talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all of a sudden, you get what they call, what do they call it? What is, uh, it was actually a, a TED video, TED Talk. Uh, they said that there is a phantom vibration syndrome where you feel like it goes off and it didn't really go off. And you start checking your phone. You go, man, I just feel like my phone keeps on vibrating. Keep my, my phone, I just keep on getting these notifications. And there are no notifications. It's give me a hit, give me a hit, give me a hit, give me a hit. I want to see it. I want to feel that. 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 You with me? Okay. So let me just give a few key definitions here. The first definition, the first definition is dopamine. So what does this mean? Dopamine makes you feel good when you scan your world, find evidence of something that felt good before, and it gave you a good reward or a good feeling, and you go for it again. Big problem, big problem when it was old nature, Holy Ghost, new nature, and something triggers that thought or that temptation of old nature, and you reach back across the blood to go back and get that high and get that feel again, but you do it in a sinful way because your brain was so programmed that that felt good, I want to go back and do that again, because after all, I'm in a lot of pain right now, I'm going through a valley right now, it's a big mountain, and I just need a high, and I need a rush, so I'm going to step across the bloodline, go back, get whatever it was that gave me a high, and then and I'll jump back over here and be an apostolic again. 
Doesn't happen that way. Can't happen that way. We need God to not only transform our minds, but we need him to transform our brains. Yeah, and then you say, well, well can that happen? Well, yes, it can. It can. It can through what's called neuroplasticity or plasticity of the brain. Up until about the 80s, they felt like there was, was what was called determinism. Or you are what your brain is. So if you were born, this is, this is messed up. Think about this. Think, think through this. You have no choice. There's no free will. There's no free choice. You are what your brain is. So if they say you were born homosexual, you have no free will. It's like, it's like a hard drive on a computer. You have no freedom to choose and you have no free will. You were born to be homosexual. So it literally, there are really no ethics behind it because your brain was wired to be that way. What happened by the 80s and 90s, they started studying and they found that you can literally change the neural pathways of your brain. And so one of the ways, and what I'll talk about, actually what I'll talk about on Sunday is, is what's called the parietal lobe. But when, when, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but 12 minutes a day of prayer, this is studies. Now this is, this is secular science. This is not even theology or an apostolic world. They have done a study, and, and I'm, I'll be redundant, a little bit redundant on Sunday, but they've done a study, and they actually did brain scans where they hooked people up 12 minutes a day when they prayed, they praised, and they worshiped, and they literally have brain scans where they have shown to what's called hypoactivation and down regulation with dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. In other words, it lowers it, and they showed when people were speaking in tongues that there was more peace and contentment in prayer. Prayer God skillfully made us. This isn't just about because your grandmother was apostolic, Pentecostal. When you're talking in tongues, it literally does something radically to your spirit, to your mind, to your brain. That's why the devil doesn't want some of you talking in tongues. That's why the devil wants to mock tongues. So now we hear even Max Licato's talking in tongues now. Why? Because the religious world has said there's value in talking in tongues. Yeah, a, a recent article, Max Licato, author from the 80s until today, you can go find it. He literally says he now speaks in tongues when he prays. So all the apostolics are jumping on that saying, hip, hip, hooray, it's been affirmed by. Well, listen, we don't need the outside world to affirm it. Great, I'm happy about it, but we already know what the Bible says about it. We need to engage. It's not time to question tongues. Tongue talkers, when you're really talking in tongues and you change your behavior, God will bring you peace and contentment that no drug inhibitor, inhibitor. So we start taking all these inhibitors, we shut off some of these hormones, these chemicals, and we just quit praying. I don't know how that falls with trust in the Lord. Just thoughts, just thoughts. Okay, I'm just, just key definitions. Dopamine. You're constantly deciding what is worth your effort and when it's better to conserve your effort. This is dopamine. Your dopamine circuits guide that decision once you scan and you determine and you decide. A marathon runner gets a surge of dopamine when he or she sees the finish line. 
It's like you're just running and running and running and running, and all of a sudden you see the goal, you see the finish line, it's right there. All of a sudden there's a new surge of dopamine, and there's something inside of you that says, I can do this. And all of a sudden you look up and everybody's cheering in the bleachers. And you look over and your mom or your dad or someone very important in your life is right beyond the finish line. And they're saying, come on, come on. You know what that is? That's a reward. And no matter how tired your physical body is, there is a chemical in your brain that's saying, push a little bit harder. It's worth it. And when you cross that finish line, you say, I did it. Imagine what's going to happen when you and I walk through the pearly gates. Maybe that's why praise is going to be like rivers of living water. Maybe that's why praise and worship, when we see him, our goal, maybe when we get there and we see him, and all of a sudden, it says the voice of many waters and all nations, tribes, tongues, and kindred, we're all in heaven together praising God. Why? Because we made it across the finish line. Woo! Would you clap your hands and give God praise right now? We were fearfully and wonderfully made. God knew skillfully what he was doing when he designed us. That's the power of going to church. It's a, it's, we get a reward. God's presence comes and touches us, and that's why we want to go back. Man, I can't wait to get back. Can't wait to get back. Something good's going to happen in church. It's reward. There's release, chemical release. It's a football player who's fueled by dopamine when he scores, and then what does he do, man? He turns, and he's high-fiving everybody he can high-five. I did it. The brain tells the body. And it feels so good that you look for ways to trigger that again. In an article by, um, it's Harvard EDU, dopamine, smartphones, and a battle for your time. Dopamine, smartphones, and a battle for your time. And I quote, Although not as intense as a hit of cocaine, positive social stimuli will similarly result in a release of dopamine reinforcing whatever behavior preceded it. Think in terms of social media, think of Instagram, think of Snapchat, think of whatever, whatever application you're using, think about that. And, and you get a high off of that. So you stop and you think, what produced this feeling socially Socially, what produced this feeling that made everybody give me a reward and everybody affirmed me? Because whatever behavior I did, I want to repeat that behavior so that I go get that high again. Okay, this is what cognitive neuroscientists have shown that rewarding social stimuli, such as laughing faces, that's why we started with the emojis. Laughing faces, thumbs up, hearts. Positive recognition by our peers, messages from loved ones, activate the same dopamine reward pathways. Smartphones have, this is what they say, smartphones have provided us with a virtually unlimited supply of social stimuli, both positive and negative. Every notification, whether it's a text message, a like on Instagram, or Facebook notification, has the potential to be a positive social stimulus and a dopamine influx. So now let's take a look at 
serotonin. That's dopamine. This is just simple definitions right now. I'm giving you a platform, a base knowledge, so that we can from here go into our prayer, praise, and worship with the Lord. But for now, we're talking about the chemicals of the brain and purity on technology. You with me? You guys with me? Serotonin. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter that plays several roles in your body, including influencing learning. So how many of you love math? How many of you love math? So you know when you start breaking down that math equation, you look at the formula and you solve it. And it's like, man, nobody, everybody else is scratching their head. And your brain is just, you got it. You look at it and you got it figured out. And all of a sudden you just go, I did it. Yes. What is that? That's a, because you learned a new concept, it's a surge of serotonin. And so, I mean, educators know this, and so educators learn how to stimulate this, and then you get rewarded, and so it's this learning process. Also, serotonin helps you with your memory, happiness. In fact, all three of these are called the happy drug in the brain. Happiness as well as regulating body temperature, your sleep, sexual behavior, your hunger, and listen to this, when serotonin is released, it is healing wounds, or when you release it, it helps to heal wounds better. Okay, so we could really jump over to what I'll be teaching and preaching on Sunday. Think about the, when you start praising the Lord, and if serotonin, through praise, if dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin are all released, and serotonin has the power to be released in your body and heal wounds. And instead of turning to the Lord, because the same chemical is released for sexual appetite, and so somebody brings an idol into their life because they get tired and they want to heal the wounds, and so they don't get in pornography because it's not because they want to commit sin, but it's because they have these deep wounds inside of them and they want to be healed, and so they're seeking healing in a very sinful, distorted way. You can take that same feeling in that pain, the song that we sang tonight. That's why when we were singing it, we were all worshiping. We've all been in that place of pain where in the middle of pain we were praying and worshiping. God healed us. Well, yes, God heals us. But one of the ways he heals us is that he skillfully made us. And so in the middle of our prayer, if we are releasing dopamine and serotonin, literally while we're worshiping him, we're not even thinking about the wound. We're thinking about how God good God is and he is sending thick chemicals in our body to heal us God can take care of your painful memories when you begin to worship and praise him I'm just telling you there's a healer in the house he skillfully made you and he knows the chemicals in your body that need to be released to bring healing to bring learning to replace old memories with new memories you got to get to the house of God where that's flowing through you. It's not just superficial emotion. God knows what he's doing in the middle of worship. Can we clap our hands to him and give him praise? Hallelujah. Oh, let's love him together. To rely on anything else other than the Lord and the family members. And the godly friendships that God has put in our lives becomes idolatry. 
and that's impurity. And we're talking about purity and technology. So to rely on social media and relationships that you have on social media more than you do the Lord, your family members, and those close to you that are living godly lives, that could be a form of idolatry because you're getting high off the things you shouldn't be getting high off of. It's purity and technology. You with me? Remember last week when we talked about, so question, not what color are her eyes? I wore that one out. But what were the three bonds we talked about last week? Hmm? Spiritual? Think about, now, now let's go back, little review. Let's go back to the emotional bond, physical bond, spiritual bond. What I talked about last Wednesday. Think about the way those are developed. Now think about when serotonin is released, your wounds are being healed. This is why they talk about wound attachment. Be careful who you attach yourself to when you're wounded. Because literally there is a chemical bonding. There is a physical, spiritual, emotional bonding that's happening. That's why when there's wound attachment, you got to be careful who you're attaching yourself to. You can attach yourselves to some terrible things because you're in such deep pain. You're just, and all of a sudden you do feel a type of healing, but it's a healing that's not reinforced by the presence of God or the authority of Scripture. So you got to be careful when you've been wounded who you're attaching to. Because I can promise you there's always a devil. There's always somebody that wants to rob you of your purity. There's always somebody out there that are willing to take advantage and manipulate you when you are in a very wounded place in your life. Whatever you do when you're wounded, get to the house of God. Get to the house of God. Social media can't do it. The likes can't do it. The new friends, the how many followers you have, all that's good within its own context. But come to the house of the Lord and let God be your healer. And let God take care of you. And let God bring that bonding, that spiritual bonding that needs to happen. So that then you have a right perspective on emotional and physical bonding. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? God, I love you. God, I love you. The next is the next definition, <clears throat> description of oxytocin. When you feel like you can lean on someone, you ever felt like you're just real close to someone, you can just lean on them and trust them, and you have shared some very private, intimate things with them, and they never broke your confidentiality? You ever felt that before? You got a friend in your life like that? You got somebody in your life like that? Your confidant? Somebody that you can really trust? Well, when you do that, there is literally a bond that's going on. It's oxytocin. It's when you feel like you can lean on someone and trust them. And when you trust them, you get this real safe feeling around them. Oxytocin creates that feeling. Okay, so we could even go th about three lessons back and talk about uh, purity in marriage. God designed, remember we talked about one flesh? We talked about one flesh and that join together or that cleaving together literally means to become one with. What that also means is that this exchange of trust and the chemicals in your brain, God designed that to be exclusive in your marriage relationship. You don't allow that connection to happen with anyone else in your life other than your wife. And so that's why we talked about emotional adultery. Because these are the things that are going on chemically when that occurs. It's not all about the physical aspect of adultery. You working with me? 
So when you enjoy someone's trust in you and you trust them, that's oxytocin that's flowing at that point. The pleasure of belonging or safety in numbers is also oxytocin. It's where the emotional bond occurs. Let me give you an example. Every mother will relate to this. When a mom gives birth, her oxytocin surges. This motivates her to guard the newborn and constantly be a watching out for that child. And oxytocin also helps in facilitating labor and lactation. This is where bonding happens. You with me? Oxytocin spikes in the newborn brain too, so a child clings to his or her mom without comprehending the danger of leaving mom. So this, this bond literally happens immediately with that mom that a dad does not have, that a mom has with her, her, her children. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. Skillfully made by God. Think about that. How in the world can two men raise a child by God's design? Chemically, that can't happen. You need a mom in that child's life that bonds with that baby that no one else on earth has but that biological mom. Nothing more powerful than that. Pretty interesting that now Jerusalem, which is from above, or the church, is what? Not the father. The mother of us all. That's why when we come to church and have great experiences, there is this powerful bond that we fall in love with our church. That's why you see all this social media stuff. I love my church. I love my church. I love my church. I love my church. Well, there's something real powerful about having deep relationships. Consequently, what we're going to learn through technology is that it's creating superficial relationships that are an inch deep but miles wide. Consequently, people will jump in and out of relationships rapidly, whether it's at work, whether it's at church, whether it's in the family, because they, they're artificial and superficial because of technology, and they don't know how to live a deep relationship where one conflict that comes, man, they're just on the run bailing. Rather than years ago, you know what you did? You said, I love you. I know we've got a difference right now, but I love you. Let's stay together right here, and let's figure this thing out and work this thing out. When you work it out, there's a powerful bond that's happening. And so literally technology is robbing people. And so the verdict is still out because we, we haven't lived long enough yet to see the ultimate damage and destruction that all is happening. Not all bad, not all bad, but I'm just pointing out some impure things that can happen when we're overloaded with technology. Everybody working with me? Got our thinking caps on tonight. When the birth process is over, more oxytocin is stimulated by holding. Touch releases oxytocin. And that's why that nurse, that's why that nurse, when we were in the hospital and our three children came, said, let mama hold the baby. Let mama hold the baby. There was a reason behind mama holding the baby. There's something going on, a bond that's going on right there that, that no one else, that's just an incredible thing that happens when mama's holding that baby. And baby, babies, but oxytocin already is being released. The baby doesn't know how to say it. Baby doesn't know how to communicate. But baby wants to be held by mama. 
because there's a bond that's going on. You with me? This paves neural pathways that facilitate the flow of oxytocin in similar settings. So what's learned in the hospital, the delivery room, now all of a sudden this bond that happens, it, it creates a pattern of behavior that from that point forward, we learn how to do that in other similar settings. So hit the fast forward button and now we're in this te technological world, this social media world, this same trust and bonding and hold me and make me feel close and I wanna trust you because Maybe I got a dysfunctional home and I can't trust my parents and I can't trust the, and, and, and so, listen, listen, is this also why, and this is not, certainly it's a really, really, really shallow theory, but is that also why there's such an attack against authority? Can't trust the school, can't trust your teachers, can't trust police, can't trust a pastor, can't trust political leaders, can't trust, can't trust, can't trust, can't trust. Who can I trust? Oh, man, I'll show you who I can trust. Check this out. That's my world. That's my world. See that? I trust them. Why do you trust them so much? Because you can control them so much. I'll just block you. Oh! Don't, don't laugh so much. So what happens? You got addicted to that person. Now all of a sudden they made you mad because now you're angry. Releasing. And, and actually there, there are three things that they've discovered. This research on, from, from Harvard, from Pencil, University of Pennsylvania, University of Stanford, several researchers. And, and this is a 2018 study. So this is interesting to me because even in 2018, it was a study pre-pandemic. This is before the pandemic, they're discovering all of this. And so now, on an elevated case, and after pandemic, it's probably, I don't know statistically, but it's probably more so. But think about this. Think about this. Digital, the three things that they, they listed. Probably why I like the article. <laughs> like, man, that resonates with me. I can roll with that. <laughs> three points, man, let's go. Digital addiction. Digital duress, high anxiety, depression, and stress, and what technology does during that time, and how it actually exacerbates it, accelerates it. And then, and then the third is digital distrust and divisiveness. These are case studies. These are studies, and, and, and what I will do, I'm gonna take my time laying this out because what I'm gonna do is provide quotes from people quote after quote after quote after quote. This is what's happening in our current culture. There's a digital addiction. We're getting high off of it. It gives us, it gives us a good feeling. You watch. Watch when a conversation goes on and somebody makes you mad. Watch when the conversation's not going like you want it to go. Watch what happens subconsciously. Would you please put that phone down and listen to me? No, I'm getting my hit. <laughs> I'm not chopping a line anymore. I'm not rocking it up anymore. I'm just getting another hit. And so there's this digital addiction. 
And then because it's more of a superficial world and not a real world, there's a lot of distrust. And so this distrust has been perpetuated against institutions. I will believe the online world more than I will believe the institution. I go into the institution saying there's something wrong here. No more do we walk in saying I trust you. Now it's what's wrong here and let me figure out the problem. There's some issue somewhere. And so all of a sudden, educators, leaders, senior level leadership, we're all, we're all under the gun. We're all under the gun. I feel like, my God, they're going to go to HR. They're going to go to HR. They're gonna, we're all under the gun. We're all under the gun. We're all under the gun. Where's all that coming from? We're talking about purity in technology. Won't you stand with me tonight? So when there is touch, when there's touch, it triggers oxytocin. What do we mean? Oxytocin makes touch feel good to both the giver and the receiver. Oxytocin, this is just, this is just basic knowledge. Oxytocin is the pleasure of letting down your guard near those that you trust. Watch what happens when you're in a room with people you trust, man, conversations flowing. All of a sudden, two or three people walk into the room that you don't necessarily trust. All of a sudden, people get real guarded. And it's like, wow, man, our conversation was flowing. And then all of a sudden, person A just goes whack. They get cold. And you're like, what's wrong with person A? Well, it's because person C just walked into the room, and they got an issue going on. They don't trust one another. And so all of a sudden, the room gets real icy and cold. You can't let your guard down around that person. When oxytocin is flowing, it's not the conscious decision to trust, but the physical feeling of safety you get from proximity to trusted others. In other words, we wire ourselves to trust whatever experience while our oxytocin is flowing. Did you get that? You learn to trust whatever experience when that oxytocin is flowing. Could be a distorted sinful thing but it made you feel real good. And so you start trusting in that to make you feel good. And you reach out for a virtual touch. So, so now we're getting into the meta-narrative world. You can be pretty much anywhere you wanna be at any time and almost experience. It's purity and, purity and technology, man. Purity and technology. You know what used to, years ago, man, you know what we could do? We'd get up, we get up in the pulpit and we could teach. Don't have television in your home. Pretty simple. Well, it wasn't the box, but it's what was coming through the box. And so we want to make sure that the evil that's coming through the box, you know, it's kind of like the tree in the garden. It was full of knowledge, so it wasn't a necessarily inherently evil. It had good on it, but it also had evil on it. So... 
because we didn't want to try to take the time to discern between good and evil, good and evil, good and evil, good and evil, just stay away from the tree. We are living in a complex world today in which virtually the way this thing's going, you'll be able to go wherever you want, visit whoever you want, do whatever you want, have all these experiences, touch. This is the importance of worship. When I come into his presence, why, why did God, the invisible God, become flesh? Why did he touch the blind man? What was released? And why did the blind man want to follow him? He said, no, you go back. Uh-uh, I'm going with you. There was some kind of bond formed, much deeper than Man, let me just tell you something. Let me just tell you something. There were so many things that touched me before I came into the church that violated my trust and wounded me deeply. So when I came into the church and they said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive what? Gift, reward, behavior, reward, behavior, reward. You talk about dopamine that was released when I got the Holy Ghost. Man, this is the best. That's why we say, man, it's better than any drug I ever did out there. Well, you're exactly right. It is better than any drug you have ever done out there. The Holy Ghost trumps it all. It is superior to anything. It literally... It literally removes everything. And so you know, you know what it was like. Man, my dad touched me by, by walking out on us. My mom touched me in a horrible way by all of the nightmarish things that she said about me. Life full of touches, 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 touches. And then all of a sudden I come into the apostolic church. And I come out of that water speaking in tongues. And the hand of God touches me with purity. And produces purity inside of me. You talk about, yeah, a chemical bond. You better believe. Say, what's well, not emotional? It is emotional. I get real emotional about my worship with him. He changed my life. And I have a trust in him. I've been in the church almost 32 years and he's never done me anything but good. He touched me. He touched me. And through his divine supernatural touch, I learned to bond and trust in him. I'm going to come back to the church. I'm going to come back to the church. I know that preacher, that's, that's the power of preaching. I could just keep on going. That's the power of preaching and teaching. Listen, if you're a teacher... If you're a teacher in this room right now, things that you disseminate, the things that are coming out of you, when it's filled with this word and God touches people through your teaching and preaching and they learn and it happens in front of you, you're going, my God, man, this is powerful. Yes, it's a supernatural imparting, but there are a lot of other things that are happening. Careful, preachers, teachers, be careful. Be careful that there's not an unhealthy reliance on you. 
be careful that that bond is between them and the Lord. Chemically, in their brain, they can start learning to depend on you. Well, uh, I can't do anything for you, but he can do everything for you. He can do everything for you. He can do everything for you. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? Maybe we just put this down. It's needed in context. It's needed. It's incredible. It's an incredible tool, man. You talk about homework and study and research and everything you can do. I was literally in a place today where I took this with me and I prepared for tonight sitting in a place. Without technology, I would not have been able to do that. I needed to be there. I was going to be there. But while I was there, I was also doing this because I knew I had to prepare for the saints of God. Technology became a real powerful tool in my hands today to get ready. I saw some of you taking pictures. Pretty powerful. You go back and read that and it'll recreate some memories. That's pretty powerful. Awesome tool. Within context. If you're here tonight, you've given your life over to other things that are artificial and superficial and you've trusted things you shouldn't trust. You need to break that neural pathway. Like you literally need to change what's satisfying you and come to the Lord. Come to Him. If you want to come to Him tonight, please, please do. And it doesn't even have to be sinful things. Just too much time with it. Just too much time with it. Relying on it more than Him. Thank you so, so much for listening to the Upper Room Podcast. Hey, if you want to stay connected with the church and the podcast, do not forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms at Calvary Ulyss. That's Calvary Ulyss or visit our website at calvaryulyss.org. We have so many ministry opportunities, so many ways to give on our website that you can check out. And we'll see you guys next week for an all new episode. Bye guys.